morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard for Spike Jew Rule. Going, I am Matt Wright, <laughs> <laughs> and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Jew Rule, yeah. No, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> with his hit song "Chala Chala." <laughs> <laughs> It's the bread that we eat on the Sabbath. Um, hey, everybody. Jew rule here. I like that one. That's good. So how was your it. week? It's good. It's been a good week. Good. Yeah, good. Glad good to hear it. <laughs> Jew rule. I like it. I like well, it. Jew rule, Cohen. Good old Jew rule, Cohen. So, yeah. No, I've... Uh, had a very fun week of campaigning on the internet. It's a very interesting ca- dynamic where you're campaigning and talking to people all over the country all day long, but yet you don't have to put pants on unless you absolutely want to, which I usually don't. True. Yeah, you can so do kind of whatever. Yeah, you can do whatever. You just have to have a nice shirt on. You have to look presentable, uh, but you do not have to wear pants. And so it's probably important for you to know if you are a Libertarian Party delegate and you're watching this, that if you're talking with me on a Zoom call, I might not be wearing pants. Probably not. Probably not. If I'm in the house, 90% not wearing pants. If I'm walking around outside of my house, 50-50. Fair. 50-50. Do you remember when when my show was on Thursdays regularly, I called it pants Thursday, pantsless Thursday, yeah, yeah. Because I would only like I would just wear my Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds attorney at law shirt, but I yeah. would have nothing on underneath mm. because nobody's gonna see them. No, that's I mean, listen, it it worked for you, yeah. And I like the way that my my thighs felt against the leather of the chair. That's didn't need to know that, but uh, anyway, <laughs> um, well, good. Well, folks, uh. Yeah, oh, James, uh, James M. Ray. So good. Okay, good. So James, you now know we're we're talking together in our underwear if we're if we're if we're talking online. So I hope that that helps secure your vote at the convention. We're probably not going to have. <laughs> so first and foremost, allow me to thank Benjamin Morris Chestnut the Seventh for the kava I am drinking today, and allow me to thank. Walmart, Michael Strahan, <laughs> Mackay Pfeiffer for this delicious orange juice that I'm drinking for vitamin C, Bulavanaka. Bulavanaka. And of course, I have my backup. I have my backup Le Bleu water here as well. I, Ultra I pure my, water. The chaser. Filtered water in my Chris Reynolds. Personal injury attorney. Damn Chris it, Reynolds. I keep forgetting. I even had something I could put in a Chris. <laughs> <laughs> My Chris Reynolds bottle. I know, and I have a really nice one too. You know, if you send us your stuff, we'll wear it on the air and talk about it. Well, Matt will. I'll forget. <laughs> I, I will. <laughs> if you send your stuff to us, Matt will. Wow. Matt will wear it. I will forget. Um, but I will. If you send me a nice picture of yourself, where's that? I'll laminate it and wear that. Where's my where's where's Chris? There we you, go. You, I was gonna say, did you forget your Chris Reynolds shirt? I did not. It's right here. 
I'm going to wear that on Drunken Disorder Liberty tonight at nine with no context. Perfect. No explanation of who this is. No. Big shout out to, uh, big shout out to, uh, Kingsley over on, hang on a second. Never mind. Big shout out to our friend Kingsley for, uh, sending us $2. Oh, nice. Yeah. Thank uh, you, King. But, uh, we, we are not on float right now. Yeah, I see that. That is not on our end, though, so. No, but when it does work, when that it does is work, easily it, the best experiences on float. Yes, it is the best experiences on float. Yeah. All um, right. All right. Well, this episode is brought to you, of course, by the Libertarian Party dad bod calendar featuring, it's just, it's $12 shipped. There's this picture in it. There's other pictures. It's men that... It's it's just an uncomfortable thing, but you should you should definitely do it. You should definitely get the calendar. In this time of social distancing, there's nothing more powerful to keep people away from you than to have pictures like this near you. Um twelve dollars shipped, libertarian dadbod dot com. Episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. The most moribund caucus in the Libertarian Party at the moment. Grew at record pace and then shut down by the Corona Fuffle, and uh, also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Coronavention, which is possibly more than likely going to be replaced by a coronation ceremony for Justin Amash. Oh, and also brought to you by Henry McMaster, who is still a bitch, even though he opened the beaches back up. Fair. Fair, yeah. Yeah. We take what we can get. We do. We do. So, speaking, now here's a governor that's not a bitch. Let's well, this start guy, with this governor. If I still drank, this governor would be my favorite governor. <laughs> so Nairobi Governor Mike Sonko, pictured here looking like he normally looks, believe it or not. <laughs> this is how Mike Sonko rolls up in the press conferences routinely. I don't think he's wearing that blast shield just because of coronavirus. That's how he rolls. Yeah. Now, you might be wondering, why are we talking about the governor of Nairobi, Kenya? Well, Mike Sonko uh, had a uh, virus care package that he was giving out to uh, citizens, residents of the city, fine, fair city of Nairobi. Uh, Included uh, in that package, uh, there were many normal items like uh, food, uh, medical supplies, and of course, a few bottles of Hennessy. Now, Mike Son- he, Mike Sonko. When when asked about it, he uh, claimed that the cognac is a throat sanitizer, which, having had it, sounds actually kind of accurate. Yeah. And obviously, because of today's cancel culture that tries to ruin everybody's fun, he's gotten a lot of flack from it, most of it coming from Everclear. Yeah. Because as we all know, Everclear will literally sanitize your entire body. Yep. If you drink enough Everclear, um, you <laughs> won't have COVID anymore. That should, you, you would have never gotten it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Th- like kids, if you have COVID and drink a bottle of Everclear, within an hour, you will no longer have COVID. 
sure. uh, and, and won't be able to spread it to anyone else either. And that is a promise. <laughs> uh, there might be some side effects. Uh, <laughs> like COVID. But besides COVID. But but not COVID. You, you will definitely be clear of all COVID-related problems. You may have other problems, but not yes. COVID. So shout out to Mike Sanko. By the way, I mean, it's true. If you drink liquor, it will kill it in your throat. But it turns out that's not really like once it's in your body, it doesn't like your throat is it doesn't really matter anymore. But I mean, listen, some would accuse this this guy of doing this as a publicity stunt. And I say, how dare you? How dare you? How, how dare you say you? this man is a public servant? Like, this is literally—I just need everyone to look at this picture a little bit longer. This man is literally the mayor of governor. one of the largest cities in Africa. He he, he is governor. Let's—he he is literally the governor of one of—is is, is Nairobi just a city or is it like a city-state? Well, that's what I'm wondering because it does say governor. Hold yeah. on. Everything oh I looked God. up about it was that it was he was the governor. And so he's it's also the, been, it's, he's it's been in the cat. Yeah, I saw he's been in trouble. He was arrested, dressed like that. Also, mm-hmm. yeah, he uh, he's gotten some corruption charges. I am shocked. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> weird. <laughs> so this weird. man, this man has been brought up on corruption charges. Yeah, you never would have guessed it. He's not guilty. Not guilty. Absolutely. I, I will defend that man till the day I die. 0% chance that this man did anything wrong. Absolutely nothing wrong. There is no way he did anything wrong. I swear. I swear. This is just blatant. The deep state has gone after Mike Sonko, and I'm sick of it. I'm sick <laughs> of the deep state cronies, uh, lizard people, um, pedophiles, going after this fine man, Mike Sonko, who just wants to give a little something-something to the people of Nairobi, which is a city. It's the capital of Kenya. So maybe they just call their mayors governors. Well, that could be. But. This, this stand-up. He, he, he is more than a stand-up gentleman. He is a saint. He is literally standing, I think, in this photo. Right. He is standing. But he is a, he is a saint. And he needs to be canonized by the church immediately. I don't care if he's Catholic. He need he's he needs to instant sainthood. First Saint of sunk. all, first of all, you roll up in a press conference wearing a black. I think that's just a plastic clear sheet. I, I'm not sure what that is that he's wearing, and a probably six hundred dollar shirt. <laughs> I just I don't know anything about this man, and he's probably like a war criminal or something. But just this photo, I'm in love with him. I want to know more about him just so I can find ways to defend it. That's how <laughs> I he, feel. And he gave out Hennessy. And he gave out Hennessy, this guy. Right. That's probably the longest we've ever shown a photo from, from a, a rapid <laughs> fire. I'm just this, so I'm mesmerized by this gentleman. Like, I just want more. I just want more Mike Sanko. In between uh, whenever this show ends and going on Drunken Disorder Liberty... I'm going to go, like, social media stalk Mike Sanko and try to become his friend. 
<laughs> I just I need that. He no will quickly. Can t- he will quickly tell you that he just needs you to send him a thousand dollars, and he will get you a check for two hundred and fifty million soon. I might do that. I believe him. <laughs> I believe him. I believe this guy. So, um, yeah. So, okay. Uh, well, here's. I mean, we're going downhill now. Speaking of someone I used to trust in a lot, <laughs> I used to trust in quite a bit, and and now I can't. I can't support this. Speaking of another positive role model for for our communities, <laughs> that I I I I almost I I almost died on the hill. I almost died on the hill, and I had to I had to walk off. So speaking of another situation that I should probably be avoiding with Mike Sonko, but will not one, 10, 10 out of ten will not swipe. Will I will not swipe? What is it left? What's bad? Left. left. I'm bad. swiping right. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> five out of five help i'm right. i'm speaking of that bill cosby matt uh has learned that he's not receiving a reprieve uh from the governor of the city of pennsylvania uh city. amid the amid the coronavirus uh harvey weinstein uh also was not released from prison uh but instead he's being put in isolation um and that goes to show you that many governors taking a page from those of us here at muddy waters are against rape we are we are against rape and money waters as is the governor of pennsylvania yeah uh, i think uh i think weinstein's in new york so cuomo as well against rape which well I'm, i wouldn't. i haven't met many men with pierced nipples who in, in condone rape i'm not saying they're not out there i'm just saying i haven't met them personally i'm not, I'm not willing to die on the hill that uh men with I'm not sure where that ratio would lie. I feel like it's a pretty solid separated Venn diagram there. I mean, mean, minimal overlap. Man, I don't like, I'm not saying all men who have pierced nipples condone rape, but what about men who condone rape having nipple ring, having pierced nipples? I'm not sure where, where that overlap is. You know, you're making me second guess myself, but I really feel like I'm right on this one. And because there's no real way to prove it wrong, I'm going to double down on it. I'm going to take that brave stand right now and say I absolutely believe that. And I defy anyone to prove me wrong. Bill Cosby pictured here discovering... that Bill Cosby, um, does he have COVID? No, he is just uh, elder. He's 85 and blind. Oh, yeah. I guess... uh, the family lawyer was told that he was going to be getting let out during this because oh. people, uh, Michael Avenatti and Michael Cohen, uh, they had been released. During Is this. Michael Cohen out? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So they, they've been released. So like Bill Cosby, it was understood that Bill Cosby by the family lawyer anyway, that Bill Cosby was going to be released. And then when he found out he wasn't, uh, he's the lawyer was all up in arms as is the family. And to that, I just say, yeah, but to the best of my knowledge, and I am not going to uh, die on this hill either, but Michael Cohen and Michael Avenatti did not rape him. So, so they, they let out Michael Avenatti. 
Yeah. And they let out Michael Cohen. But when it's a black man, but Harvey when it's Weinstein. a when it's a when it's a black man, I'm back to Michael Sanko. When it's when it is because they didn't let Michael Sanko out. Well, I guess they did because he's because he's there. But I mean, when it's a black man, they don't let him out. Unless, I mean, Harvey Weinstein is still in prison, as I put in the notes. Again, when <laughs> when it's so. Speaking of um, people uh, making do with what they have, I don't really. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> a beach, <laughs> a, beach <laughs> a beach in the OC, Orange County, California was tired of skateboarders breaking the state's strict social distancing laws. So they filled the local and famous skate park there with 37 tons of sand. As you can see here in the video, uh, the skaters united, turning it into a dirt bike track. Uh, one of the skaters tweeted a video uh, with the caption, LOL, that's L-O-O-O-L, that's three, that's three outs. <laughs> that is three outs, that is laugh out, out, out loud. Uh, government dweebs turning skate park into a dirt uh, lol government dweebs turning skate park into a dirt bike track now um and they have now become my favorite people in california are we saying using dweeb again i, I guess dweeb is now back well lol <laughs> i i liked i liked dweeb and then it, i was told in like 1995 that we can't say that anymore and i just went oh, with it that's been 25 years we can totally say that again <laughs> I guess so. They're bringing it back. They're bringing it back. The kids are bringing it back. Well, speaking of government dweebs messing with the kids, this one's really terrible. This one's awful. Like, this one is (laughs) a nightmare. This one started out in the rapid fire section, but the more I read about the story, I'm like, no, I'm just going to make this a main story. I mean, this is, it should be, because this is... God, like I was reading through it. And I'm like, holy crap. I had read just the headline and was like, oh, wow, that's terrible. And then I'm reading the thing and I'm like, holy crap, this is way worse. You know, sometimes the headline, they kind of play, you know, overplay what it is. This is way, way, they buried the lead on this one. I'm going to let you lead on this one because you know it better than me. And it is freaking terrible. So, and if I've pronounced this name incorrectly, I, I apologize, but Amia Cohoon. I believe, I believe this out. She is 16 years old. Not saying that joke. And she, <laughs> not saying that. No, nope, not doing it. No, uh, no. From uh, Oxford, Wisconsin, uh, she and her classmates, a uh, band, a uh, band, her band. She's in the she's in the uh, high school band. Went on a spring break trip to Disney World and Universal Studios at the beginning of March. 
She started having symptoms of a certain disease that brought the entire economy to its knees, but because testing wasn't widely available, she was diagnosed with an upper respiratory infection with symptoms consistent with COVID-19. Being the fact that she is a 16-year-old girl, she posted a story on her Instagram. On her Instagram. Now, before you're wondering about Amia, no. No. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, the family alerted the school to the potential infection, but never heard back from them. Reached out to say, hey, Amia was on this school, was on this school trip. Uh, she now has symptoms that uh, resemble uh, COVID-19. Uh, just let you know, just in case anybody else got infected. Uh, mm-hmm. Never heard back. She got worse, was taken to the hospital, tested negative for uh, tested negative for the virus, um, tested negative for the virus. After she returned home from the visit, she posted again on Instagram and included a picture of herself, which you can see here on the screen, right. uh, herself at the hospital wearing an oxygen mask. This is where it you would think you would really... think that things are not going really well for Amia and her family at this moment. Right. It gets so much worse. Yeah. After uh, she returned, uh, sorry, the next day, the sheriff's department from Marquette, uh, Marquette County showed up at her door to demand Amia and her father, Richard Cohoon, remove her Instagram posts. If they refused, the patrolman said the family faced charges for disorderly conduct, and he told the family he would start taking people to jail. For what? For disorderly conduct. For posting Uh, that she had COVID? For posting that she had COVID. Now, the sheriff's department wasn't stalking uh, Amia's Instagram. Right. They weren't stalking Amia's Instagram. Instead, they had heard about it from the school who had never gotten back to the Cohoons. Heard about it from the school, and the school uh, said that the family had reported the potential threat and that she was lying. They had <laughs> they found out that the school one of the school administrators sent out an alert to families accusing Cohoon of making it all up and assuring families that any information of infection was just a rumor. So the school never got back to the Cohoons, never, never responded to him, sent out a blast email to everybody saying, Amia is a lying bitch. And we're going to tell the police that she's a lying bitch. Right. And granted, she did test negative, but she was tested with an upper. Uh, she was diagnosed with an upper respiratory infection with symptoms consistent with COVID. Right, and at, and and even now, you know, a month and a half later, they're still telling people we're going to test you. It might take a while for it, to, or it will take a while for the results to get back. Go ahead and let's assume that you have it and treat you accordingly. Which is usually, right. if it, depending on the severity, just stay home and you know stay away from others and and you know try to you know treat your treat your symptoms and all that stuff. And if it gets too bad, then come back to the hospital. But I mean, that's which is what she did. Now, thankfully, she didn't have that. She had I, I don't know the flu or some so, other. According, 
I don't know if I put this in here or not, but according to documents, a lot, like a lot of false negatives were coming back because I didn't know the proper way to act. Like, I guess you have to go in one way as opposed to, I don't know. I, okay. But a lot of fa false negatives were coming back. So people who had it were get, being told they were negative. Wow. That's according to the suit. Now, if you thought that they just sent out like this email saying, you thought they sent out this email saying something like, yeah, so uh, Amelia Cahoon uh, does not have it. Uh, don't worry, it's just a rumor. This is what the email said. Let me assure you there is no cap, truth to this. This was a foolish means to get attention and the source of the rumor has been addressed. This rumor had caught the attention of our public health department and she was involved in putting a stop to this nonsense. Holy crap. This girl is 16. This and girl was is... told by doctors that she probably had this. Right. And to act as though she did. Right. And and like and like all 16-year-olds, you the way that you would act as though you have a disease is to go on Instagram and tell everyone. Right. Which in reality, if she actually did have it, the best thing she could do is let everyone know so that if anyone had been around her, they could get tested and everything else too. So, I mean, in, in her own Gen Z Zoomer way of doing things, she was acting responsibly. She told, she did what a lot of freaking boomers are out here not doing. Oh, I got a cough. I'll just not tell nobody. But, you know, yeah. I mean, she she went and told everybody which is what you're actually supposed to do if you think you have it so that they can go find out if they have it. So good. So the Cohoons, they lawyered up right. and, and really all they wanted, all they wanted was a simple apology and promise of no further threat of criminal charges from the sheriff and the patrolman who violated her first and 14th amendment rights. Right. That's, that is a nothing ask. That is a, nothing ask say you're sorry don't threaten to put us in jail that's right. like why wouldn't you do that right at that point it's a no harm no foul they as far as i know from the article that i read on um as far as i know they aren't going after the school they're just going after the police okay um, and all they wanted was to say, hey, you're not actually going to throw us in jail for this. That's ridiculous. And also an apology. Right. Um, the cops, the, the sheriff's department, refused vehemently because, you know, authoritarians never think they're wrong when they're being authoritarian. Of course. Right. Uh, now, the Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Institute of Law and Liberty is suing... Conrath and Klump, the sheriff and the patrolman, uh, in the U.S. District Court for Eastern District of Wisconsin for violating the uh, First and Fourteenth Amendment rights, the sheriff's department is not is not still backing down at all. They are they are holding firm and doubling down. Having Sam Hall, their attorney, release a statement which was first reported in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, the teenager caused distress and panic among parents by claiming she had contracted the virus despite getting a negative test result, which she hadn't. She had not gotten a negative test result. She did right. the second time she went, but she didn't the first time. The yep. first time said that they didn't know yep. that she had a but to assume, infection. But to assume that she had it. To assume that she had it. Right. <clears throat> which, if case, you're being, which if you're being responsible means telling everyone that you've been in contact with that you may have had it. Maybe not in the 
you know, IG teen way of doing it, but essentially the same thing. Let people know that you probably have it and that they might get it too. Like that's what you're supposed to do. He went on to say, this case is nothing more than a 2020 version of screaming fire in a crowded theater. (laughs) Because what she's doing is being told by doctors that, uh, we don't know if you have it, but you have something very close to it. So act as though you have it. She posted on Instagram. And that is the equivalent of her going into a crowded theater and yelling fire to create like just chaos of people trampling others on the way. Up. That is what this, that is what Sam Hall of Wisconsin is saying here. That's it. This is insane. This has to be a small town. Uh, probably. Oct- this Oxford has to be a small town. I by the way, Tom Arnold's very upset. We're we're saying boom, boomer jokes. We're sorry, Tom. Yeah, Tom, we love you. We love you. Not you. You're not one of the you. good you're, ones. Not, you're you're not the boomer we're talking about. The we're we talking, mean the other ones. We mean the other boomers. Matt Hicks is saying not going to go well for that sheriff's department. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. Um, right. there's no. This doesn't end well. This does not for Conrath and Clump, which, by the way, that just sounds like that's like two bad guys from yeah. uh, uh, God. What was the name of that show? The one about the Nazis, Hogan's Heroes. Like it sounds oh, like two. Yes, like two Conrath and Clump. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Sounds like two bad guys from Hogan's Heroes. Um, but yeah. She and her family did, they did absolutely nothing wrong. No. Everything that they did along the way. Granted, I don't really get the whole posting it all over Instagram thing. Not, not my style, not my brand, but you know, she's 16. So that's that's better than keep better than keeping it to yourself. Honestly, if you had to pick between keeping it to yourself and letting everyone know on Instagram, letting everyone know on Instagram would actually be better because at least you're letting people know. And if they have it, now they know that they might have it. And they know to be smart for the next couple of weeks or however many days up to 14 days past when they last were in contact with you. Make sure that they, you know, if they have it, they can't spread it and all that. Like, I mean, this is what they tell people to do. Again, weird way to do it, but we're not 16. This is how 16-year-olds do stuff. She didn't right. claim something that doctors weren't telling her. And then they, like, they, they told the school. They they inform the school. The school yep. never reaches out to him. Yeah. And instead blasts this girl in what if any if anybody in the, anybody else in that school had done it, it would have been consider, considered cyberbullying. Yep. But the school blasts her to everybody in the school and yep. then calls the police and says that she is just doing it for attention and you need to go and make her take down her Instagram posts. Yeah. Which then violates the First Amendment. Yeah. And all the in the 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 Cohoons, the very forgiving people that they are, all they wanted was an apology. Simplest thing. Apology and don't stop threatening to or you know apologize to us and stop threatening to lock us up. No. And then, no. We're going to double down on this because you got a negative test result when you went back in weeks later. Yeah. 
this is uh this is why we're libertarians folks like these kinds of stories are exactly mark anthony mark anthony rio said she was just doing what zombie movies taught her don't keep it to don't keep it to yourself when you've been bit right that's true yeah no exactly right and so the new lawsuit says that they are uh looking for compensation uh looking for nominal damages nominal damages i hope to god i hope to god she gets more more than just nominal oh like she she gets a jury that's like punitive to the to the the where they where they they knock up the the uh where they knock up what the reward is what the um what the reward i hope so too i mean it's an absolute freaking mess they did absolutely nothing wrong no, they did absolutely. They, in fact, they did everything right in the school. Basically, anybody in the government here, anybody involved with the government, screwed this so incredibly hard just because they, they're hubris and addiction to control. Pretty much. Pretty much. And so, I mean, it's incredible. And they, like you said, they did nothing wrong. And I'll tell you someone else who's done nothing wrong. Chris Reynolds, who's the sponsor of the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment. Which is what we're doing now. So anchor changed this where I now, it doesn't have the date on it anymore. Really? Yeah. Huh. Unless it came up Uh, wrong on mine. Well, we only got one and it's from Matt Hicks. Okay. No, and I'm fine with that, but it's going to be markedly harder to remember which of these are the ones we haven't already listened to. I don't know why they did that. So anyway, we have one call. We're deleting them. (laughs) Oh, can we delete these? Yeah. Oh, then we'll have to start doing that. Yeah. All right. Well, our call tonight, our lone call is from the, the delicious Matt Hicks. Who once bought a $50 egg timer from us. He was also last week's winner of the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law anchor Colin moment, caller of the week. Oh, that's true. He was, he was the winner of the personal injury attorney, uh, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law anchor Colin moment, Colin of the week. He was, he was, he also has bought this shirt. He bought this shirt. It's a shirt with my face on it. It's the Spike it face v- shirt. What? Is it a V-neck? Yeah. He bought a V-neck with my face on it. Which you can get at VerminSupreme2020.com for the low, low price of $19.50. My face right there. It's back when my hair looked good. Back when I could get it cut. Got to do something about that because I'm competing with Larry Sharp now who just, he does the buzz cut thing, which is a lot easier. He can keep his aesthetic going right now. It's harder for me. It's tough for me right now. Let's get to that call, it's a, huh? What's it's a that? tough time. Going. It's a tough time. Listen, I mean, look at this. I got to go up against a guy who like can keep his thing going because you just, you're done. I don't have the head for that. I can I imagine a, you don't. I have a lot of head. 
And yeah, like my hairline is, I can't do it. Be like, hey, vote for Seven Head Cohen. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, hey, vote for me, everyone. Like, if I were going to do that, I'm going to have to just shave it completely and do the bald beard guy thing. Yeah. And I will 100% be divorced. 100% my wife will leave me. Well, not not even close. I would I wouldn't recommend it. Um wouldn't recommend it. But so let's listen to that call. How about that? Here's something I would recommend. It's a call from Matt Hicks. Hello there. This is Matt Hicks calling in on the Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney call in line from lovely Bishopville, South Carolina. I would like to know what you gentlemen think the uh, proper thing or things are for us anarchists slash libertarians slash civil libertarians to be doing to demonstrate to our fellow man that government first of all, has completely messed up this Corona Fuffle response and why they should have no role in it in the first place. Thank you very much. So, first of all, before Spike gets unleashed, um, (laughs) I want to give a big shout-out to Matt Hicks. Yes. Who, uh, he has been raising, I I think he's raising money on PayPal. I think it's PayPal. Um, And he's been... uh, he's been raising money on PayPal and then using it to uh, get food and deliver it to people. uh, And I think medical supply, like Mm -hmm. what, what he, that is actually one of the greatest things you can do as an anarchist slash libertarian. Yeah. He using his, uh, he is using his contacts in order to make it where he can help out the people in his community. Yeah. In fact, Matt, drop your, um, drop your PayPal, address in the in the comments so people can see it if they want to give matt hicks is literally going through some of the uh um matt hicks is going through some of the uh some of the more uh marginalized and and impoverished communities in south carolina and helping people who like who need things right now and 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 who need food and who need care you know right now because of the shutdowns there are a lot of people that aren't working, which means they aren't making any money at a time when the food banks are beyond capacity in terms of beyond, you know, uh, uh, they're, they're being emptied out. And a lot of them are shutting down due to concerns about, you know, spreading the, the, the you know, the, spreading COVID. So it's like an absolutely, you know, terrible time to, to need things. Um, I mean, there's never a good time, but this is the, the worst of times for it. So to have someone to have Matt uh, out there. Yeah, it's uh it's paypal.me slash dadbod calendar. Again, so you can buy some dadbod calendars, uh, but you can also donate to Matt who is going out. I mean, this is mutual aid, like like uh like Matt Hicks said, uh or Matt Wright said, what Matt Hicks is doing is what anarchists should be doing. You know, it's great for us to be talking about, you know, the government shouldn't be doing this, government we don't need government for that. It's another thing to actually demonstrate that we don't need government by actually doing the things that government claims that we need them to do um, in order to be able to have done. So um, that's actually a, an, a, an absolutely uh, uh, terrific thing. In terms of um, you know demonstrating and showing that what they're doing is wrong, it's a tough one, man, because like, you know, you look at a lot of these protests 
And I think you can protest, but do it in a way that demonstrates what you're trying to say. And I think right now, a lot of these protests, if you look at outside of libertarian and pro opening up, you know, you know, reopen America circles, it's being received as people who are having like a tantrum. And, and, and some of that's just because they disagree with the message, but, but some of it is also because of how it's being done. You know, they're, 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 you know, there was one thing, operation gridlock, uh, where they were just bringing all their cars out in the same time and causing gridlock in the streets. Um, which was actually resulting in doctors and healthcare workers not being able to get to the hospital. Um, so, I mean, it's, 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 it's a tough one. Um, you know, so is a, is a protest the best way to do it? I think if you're doing it, you have to be very careful with how you do it. I think the best way to do it is to, is, is advocacy and helping people like the the way that Matt is doing, Matt Hicks is doing. I think that that's probably one of the best, most powerful things you can do. And in doing that saying, I'm having to do this because of the things that, because of the things that government has done to put people in this impoverished position and, and, and explain it that way. I'm not a, I mean, I, I haven't really seen, I'm not against protests per se. I just don't know how well they work. I think that it's more about people just feeling better, expressing their frustrations. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I just, I, yeah, I don't really think that they were like the, the Michigan, uh, I think it was in Lansing. Um, yeah. the Lansing one, uh, that protest, like they were blocking a hospital or something. Yeah. That's what I mean. They were blocking a hospital. Yeah. It's like, why, why are you doing that? That, the hospital, you do not have a gripe with the hospital. <laughs> the hospital didn't do this to you, right? I, I mean, I don't think you, you personally may have a gripe with the hospital, but the group does not have a gripe with the hospital. The, the, their gripe is with the governor. Like, why are you protesting the hospital? Why are you at a hospital? Yeah, exactly. Go to freaking the state house or something. Like, if you're going to do that, uh, Matt Hicks is saying protests are nothing more than a scream into the void. You know, I, again, I'm not against protests per se and i think that there are times that so for example the gun protests that happen in uh the capital of virginia is it right is it richmond richmond okay um what was powerful about that was that this whole it destroyed the whole premise that you know people with guns are dangerous there were tens of thousands of people there with guns, everything from freaking pistols to that guy that was walking around with a with a, a fifty caliber uh, uh, anti tank sniper rifle and everything in between, and right. no one got hurt. It was one of the safest days in Richmond history, and it wasn't because the police were there. The police were completely outnumbered. They were if 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 it had gone violent, the police would have had absolutely no way to fight off what was there. But to, but in all fairness. To say what Matt Hicks is saying is screaming into the void. That did not change the thought of anybody in Virginia. On no, it didn't. One. It didn't. It didn't. So it's it's a tough one because you find camaraderie, you find people that you can network with to potentially work on future stuff. But it's not really. I don't. I'm not convinced it's effective. And 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 I've I've said this about Black Lives Matters protests. I've said this about Tea Party protests. We've said this about the gun protests. We're saying it about this one. I, I don't think it's a great idea. I, I, I think that 
you can funnel that energy into more effective things. Instead of a protest, go like do a food drive uh, uh, to help people. And when the media shows up, explain to them why you're doing it. Or if you want, here's a fun thing. This is something that we can borrow from the far left. They do stuff that's illegal, but they do it to help people. So for example, when states don't allow, uh, or states or cities don't allow for, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, people to do uh, 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 needle exchange, so that people that, that take uh, injecting drugs don't spread disease. They'll just set up a pop-up free needle exchange, knowing that it's illegal, knowing that the police are going to show up, and then drawing attention to the fact that the police are going to show up to arrest them for helping keep disease from spreading. Uh, right. Or, uh, you know, Brent Ritter in, in Wilmington, North Carolina, he has an idea, uh, once we're allowed to go outside again, uh, uh, feeding people, uh, feeding homeless people in public, which is illegal in Wilmington. So that's, that's illegal here in St. Pete is yeah. you can't feed people. Uh, yeah. And Alex Snicker, the former executive director of, I think he's the former executive director of the, of the uh, RLC. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's current or former, but I know at some point he was, um, but he used to do that. Then they would go out and they would feed, they would feed the homeless and the, they would get arrested for it because they, they're going to go out there with their, food that they've either made or that they got and they're going to hand it out they're going to set up a table and they're going to be like here have your food this is free you can yep. take it and arrest me if you want but i'm helping these people they need food and i'm willing to give it to them yep and and, and it, it and it's a form of protest um again if these folks were saying like and, and i'm not trying to tell people how to protest or telling people how to oppose what government's doing i i'm i'm more speaking to what i think is effective uh, if, if if I think it's much more effective to help people and set up an illegal job fair or an illegal you know do, do something like that and and again when the police show up draw attention to the fact that you're doing this to help the people that are being harmed by government as opposed to showing up in Lansing with a gun and and stand in front of a, a ice cream shop that's been closed down and and scream that like you know your ice cream shop is essential or whatever like. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, it, you know, I, I just don't think it's the best idea. Cameron Kogan in the comment says, you know, do it like Israel just did. Have you guys seen the photos of protesters lined as far as the eye can see perfectly spaced six feet apart? And I, I think that was a, it was an interesting thing and it certainly got more attention. Um, the fact that they were six feet apart. Um, so at least they weren't, I mean, in theory, not spreading it, although I'm not sure how they're going to maintain six feet with thousands of people there even coming and leaving that way, I, I guess there's a way to do it. But um, Cameron, we're more talking about just the effectiveness of protest in general. If if having a a bunch of people get together and say, we're against a thing, um, unless you're also, also taking... So like during the Vietnam War, some of the most effective anti-war protests were where they would actually blockade... Um, entries and exits to military bases and actually make it harder for them to do what they were doing. Uh, there was a, a anti-war protest in front of the Pentagon where they actually blocked the entrance. Um, and so, I mean, there's, there's stuff like that that's, and it's illegal. And typically stuff that's the most effective against government is often illegal because oddly enough, the government has banned things that make it harder for them to harm you. Like if it's legal, there's a good chance that it's not really stopping them. Right. So, I mean, Asmat, like asthmat, like in in this time period, yeah, I would not recommend going out and marching on 
marching in the protests. I, d- I don't recommend it. Like, if you want to do it, go ahead. But it's not, I don't think it's as effective as what you, you, Matt Hicks, uh, as what he is doing. Or I don't think, or if you want to go out and uh, feed the homeless people who are stuck out, you know, stuck outside, unable to social distance. Like, if you want to do that, go out and do that stuff. Do that. And when they arrest you, try to, try to get the media out there to be like, Hey, I'm being arrested for feeding these people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not social distancing, but it's my choice to not social distance. Right. Right. Because yeah. I want to get these people fed. Yeah. So Tom Arnold is very happy about the thought of my wife and I getting divorced. Um, he has said, do it. Liberty daddy is just waiting for his girlfriend to be single. Listen, just because your girlfriend is married doesn't mean you have to be this aggressive about it. Okay, pal. Like, relax um my mother has informed everyone that my wife has said that that i'm right and that uh she would definitely leave me um tom says that my wife only loves one bald bearded guy presumably him also possibly true but you don't have to be aggressive about it again please um and uh uh tom arnold said that so tom went to a, a protest in um in tennessee and he said that uh, he got so tired of hearing Lee Greenwood singing, I'm proud to be an American. (laughs) Matt Hicks just asked an interesting comment or Mm. question in the comments. Uh, He said, my wife and I had a conversation earlier today and I'd like you to weigh in on it as well. Uh, We're creating a hero worship culture surrounding medical workers and the like. While I respect what they're doing every day, what, about the poor high school kid working at the grocery store. Everybody has forgotten the gas station attendant. And that's that, that, yeah, that is 100% true. I still like, I don't go out like I used to, obviously, because I can't. Right. Which kills me because I don't like being trapped anywhere for long periods of time. But, um, I still try to get out and there's always somewhere I can go to like grab a cava and big shout out to, uh, Benjamin Daniel Morris Chestnut the seventh and Justin and uh but Robert Evelyn Carmichael the sixth um big shout out to them for constantly being there for me uh during this time um and other you know other restaurants or uh other local locally owned restaurants that you can go to to pick up food to go like those people are working incredibly hard to make sure that you are still fed to make sure you are still fed. The people who are working uh, Uber, uh, uh, what's that called? Instacart? Instacart, Instacart Uber, Uber Eats, yeah. Uber, any of those. All of these people are putting themselves at roughly the same amount of risk as the medical professionals. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, so it's, it's six of one, half dozen of the other. So healthcare workers are exposed to more risk because they're dealing with sick people that they know of, but they also tend to have more protective equipment. Whereas right. like you're not seeing your, I feel terrible for these checkout people at the grocery stores who are having to interact with touching everything that the people that are lining up just touched and giving it back to them and taking their money and giving back. I mean, I, I, I can't even imagine. And they might have gloves on, which again is sort of irrelevant if they're not, 
sanitizing their hands with the gloves on in between every interaction. Like, like there's no, and they're not wearing N95 masks or any, you know, any, like, I mean, they really are regular cloth facial protective, which if that that. you might get lucky and that works, but you know, and I, uh, so here down here, we have uh, the greatest grocery store in the world, Publix. Um, And they recently, man, pub subs are the way it's at. Don't give me that look. I saw that look. Pub subs are the greatest thing on earth. Their fried chicken oh, so is good. insane. Yeah, their fried chicken is really good. It's insane. Uh, their anyway, chicken go tenders, ahead. Yeah, they're like if you can go to their little deli section and get chicken tenders and mashed potatoes and uh, mac and cheese for like five bucks, and it's enough for two meals. It's great. Um, but they just put up like glass partitions. Like between the people checking out the the cash the cashiers and you, and they, greatest grocery store in the world just did that. Yeah, just did that. Um, and Matt Hicks also he said, and mostly these people are doing it for minimum wage. Well, yeah, yeah. a lot of them, yeah, a lot of them are doing or, it for minimum or wage. or slightly more, like you know nine nine dollars an hour or ten dollars an hour. I don't have a problem so much with us revering what healthcare workers do because, I mean, it's important what they're doing and, and that they're often at the front lines of people living or dying. So I, I get that. My concern is with being told you need to stay. And by the way, I say this as someone who has self-quarantined for the better part of a month and a half. So I was one of the first people doing this when everyone was saying I was nuts. And You kind of, you kind of self-quarantined about four years ago. Yeah, I've been self-quarantined <laughs> since 1999. But I, you know, I mean, I say this as someone that has really been, you know, taking this seriously long before most other people were. Most of these people right now who are going, oh my God, I'm calling the police. I heard that my neighbor went and talked to my other neighbor. They're, they're, or, or, you know, oh my God, I'm calling the governor of South Dakota and demanding that she make everyone wear face masks on their farms. These were the people saying, why are you staying home? I don't even, it was like, it's like flu. And so I have a hard time taking them seriously, these social distancing warriors that have suddenly decided that, you know, no, no, uh, what is it we put in the title? No distance, no peace. What I need these people to understand when they scream at me that we need to do this because the nurses and doctors are telling us to. The medical professionals, healthcare workers work in triage and they work in explaining ideally how things would work in order for them to stop an immediate situation. So, for example, if they're asked, how do you stop a virus from spreading? They say, well, ideally, everyone stays at home unless they absolutely have to. And if they do go out, they have to stay six feet away from each other, and they all have to wear masks, and they all have to do this, and they all have to do that. And they can't go and do this, and they can't go and do that. But let's let's apply that to something else. If you ask those same healthcare workers what would be the ideal way to stop the obesity epidemic, which kills hundreds of thousands of people a year in the US alone, they would say that we shouldn't be eating lots of sugar and we shouldn't be eating fatty foods and we shouldn't be eating too many carbs and we should be exercising at least a certain period of time every day and we should be getting at least a certain period of at least 6 to 8 hours of sleep every single day and we shouldn't be doing this and we should be doing that and we shouldn't be doing this and we should be doing that now would you like to again to save lives 
to save lives and, 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 and keep people from filling up our hospitals to tell them that they can't have sugary sodas. Or they can have only a certain amount a day. They can only have eight ounces of sugary drinks a day. And they Everything can only... is the exact opposite of what I do. I didn't say it that you, there aren't <laughs> outliers. I'm saying that if you ask a healthcare professional what, what they should do to stop the obesity sugar epidemic. Carbs, sugar, carbs, and cheese, and I never exercise. Well, cheese is keto, though. It is, but I mean depending on who you ask, it's good for you. I don't know. Um, I think it's good for you. It's keto. But uh, anything keto is good for you. Um, but I mean, if, if you ask them, they would say, do this thing. And if you then turned around, and it's with anything, uh, you know, if you ask them how to stop uh, the, the problems with, uh, you know, the, the alcohol epidemic, they say no one should drink alcohol. That doesn't mean that you should then go and do that and, and tell everyone, point a gun at everyone and say, everyone stop drinking alcohol or everyone stop drinking sugary drinks or everyone stop eating candy or everyone has to, you know, eat fewer than X number of calories a day and work out X number of hours a day. You can't make policy based on what a doctor says would be ideal. That's a terrible idea. And that's before we get into the fact that in the situation of, of obesity, they have pretty good solid data that they're working on at this point with COVID. They're not they'll, if they're being honest, they say that they don't even know for all we know, this thing could be every bit as deadly as they're saying, or even more so, or it could be like H1N1 where the vast, vast majority of people who get it have no idea that they have it, which means that it spreads way quicker than we thought. And it's also got a much lower fatality rate because these fatality rates are based on confirmed cases. So if it turns out that way more people have it and don't even know, like, again, when H1N1 came out, they thought that it was a slow-spreading virus that killed almost everyone who got it. It turned out it was the exact opposite. 60 million Americans got it. If you're watching this, we have, uh, what, 20 people watching. Four of you got it. Probably had no idea. Mm -hmm. Right? So, and, and, you know, 12,000 people died out of the 60 million who got it. So obviously this is more than likely more deadly than H1N1, but it may be something that just spreads super quick and is about as deadly as the flu. But because it spreads so quick, we, you know, we, we didn't even know it. We have no way of knowing. And the idea that we should shut down the planet. Again, I say this as someone that's been taking way above and beyond the government government recommended, you know, uh, 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 lockdown measures for myself and the health of myself and, and others. But I can also afford to do that. Most people can't afford to do that. Saw, don't cre- don't create mass homelessness because you're scared. Sorry. I saw uh, no, you're fine. I saw a tweet. I think it was Dave Smith that tweeted it, and he said, "For anybody out there who is bashing the people." Uh, who are going out to these protests. I want to know if you have income coming in right now or you can afford to self-quarantine because if so, your opinion on them saying we need to reopen is sort of invalid. You're speaking from a place of privilege. Yeah. Um, Matt Hicks put in the comments, my wife said that if you were to end the obesity epidemic, it would crash the economy worse than COVID-19, which Matt, I wrote a paper on this my sophomore year of college and yes, it would. It would 100% do it. I'm not going to go into all of it here because I don't have it memorized anymore. 
but um, it would absolutely crash the economy if you got rid of uh, obesity, especially childhood obesity. Crash it. It would crash the healthcare, uh, the healthcare economy. It would crash everything. But wouldn't it increase the CrossFit sector sufficiently to offset those things? Well, that's, I mean, that's just two negatives. That's true. Because <laughs> then you'd have because everyone would be like way more slug, more smug about it, right? Every like you just have a lot more people talking about CrossFit, right? Cameron Cogan says um, homelessness has killed more people last year than COVID has so far. So homelessness has a fatality. I fun fact I learned this: homelessness, according to most people, has somewhere around an eight and a half percent fatality rate. Which would make it even so right now, the worst predictions for COVID is that it has about a three percent, two and a half to three percent fatality rate, depending on who you ask. Um, So COVID is up to four times more deadly, potentially three to four times more deadly uh, than COVID. And also when you're homeless, you're more likely to get COVID because you're not sheltering in place because you don't have a shelter. And you can't socially distance because you rely on people just to survive. So you can't stay six feet away from people because you need someone to give you food because you're dying because you're homeless because you don't have anything. So if you want to stop the spread, if you want to flatten the old curve there, one of the most powerful ways to do that is to not have people kicked out of their houses because they don't have anything and they can't afford anything. Especially when we realize that those people are not going to just starve for your convenience. And I have to quote, this is the second week in a row I'm quoting Emma Goldman. Something scary is happening on this show and I'm doing it. But she said, "If uh, ask for work. If they don't give you work, ask for bread. If they won't give you bread and they won't give you work, then take their bread. In other words, if you can't work for it and they won't get, if they can't, if they won't let you work for it and they won't give it to you, you have two options, starvation or theft. And morally, for yourself and those that you care about, if you're being forced into a situation, by the, again, and you, the stay-at-home Karens, are the ones forcing them in this situation. So because COVID you forced... Go ahead. COVID Karens. COVID Karens. The COVID Karens, the, the SDWs out there, have forced them into a situation where they can't work and they can't get bread, they are morally obliged to rob you to survive. See what you did there? So, oh, and the police aren't, aren't responding to B&Es in a lot of, in increasing number of cities because they're busy going out, making, enforcing the rules you demanded that more than five people can't be around each other. So they're at the park making sure there aren't three people next to each other and that they're all six feet apart if they are while you're getting broken into by the people you caused to starve. Did you see the, uh, I'm certain you did. You've seen all of them, but uh, did you see the video of the guy that was running on the beach? Oh, and the, yeah. And the cop started running after him and it looked like the guy was like about to get caught and then he turned it on and you he just went see the turbo the mode. Yeah. You see, yeah. You see the cop just, you see the defeat on his face from, 500 yards away or whatever yeah it is. several hundred yards away you can just see the cop like oh gosh not i'm it not gonna perfect. get like i have to shoot that guy or i just have to let him i just have uh, to take the l yeah yeah so uh, chris, I, chris, 
Chris Reynolds asked if that paper was assigned or chosen. Yes. Uh, it was, I had to write a paper about the effects of ending childhood obesity, and I chose the effects on the American economy. Very good. So we, uh, I have not quite 20 minutes left before I have to connect with my, my campaign appearance. So let's do this next topic and, uh, and then the campaign thing. And I got to do the thing. Um, so So, Evangelista Ramos. Yes. Which is just my favorite name. That's a nice name. It's a good, it's a great name. Uh, a Louisiana man was convicted of killing a woman by a jury with a 10 to two margin. Now you might be thinking 10 to two margin. I thought that you had to have a unanimous, unanimous agreement to convict someone, Matt. Well, you would be wrong in certain States, actually only one state now, and it's not Louisiana, oddly enough. Um, he was sentenced to prison some based on this, but now he's looking at a new trial because on Monday, the Supreme court ruled on Ramos versus Louisiana, that defendants in criminal trials can only be convicted by unanimous jury. That's actually, actually good. Yeah. This is actually huge news because here, here in Florida, they recently changed it where, you don't need unanimous juries to send somebody to the death penalty. <laughs> Still need a unanimous jury to convict them, but not to send them to the death penalty. Uh, before this, Oregon was the last holdout state. Oregon, you needed at least two, like you could have two dissenters and the person would still be convicted. Now, The court said in a divided opinion that the Constitution requires agreement among all members of the jury in order to impose a guilty verdict. Uh, Neil Gorsuch, who wrote the uh, who wrote the opinion, said wherever we might look to determine what the term trial by an impartial jury trial meant at the time of the Sixth Amendment's adoption, whether it's the common law state practices in the founding era or opinions and treaties written soon afterward, the answer is unmistakable. A jury must reach a unanimous verdict in order to convict. Which... I got to say he's probably he is 100% correct on this one. I would say so, yeah. So, uh five justices joined Gorsuch in the ruling uh in ruling the practice unconstitutional. Uh they were divided on certain points of the decision, but Chief Chief Justice Roberts, Samuel Alito, and Justice Elena Kagan dissented from the decision. Um Alito that's an odd so, grouping of people. It is a really odd grouping of people. Roberts, Alito, and Kagan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Alito wrote that lowering the bar for overruling our precedents, a badly fractured majority casts aside an important and long-established decision with little regard for the enormous reliance the decision has engendered. If the majority's approach is not just a way to dispose of this one case, the decision marks an important turn. Now, I I see the confusion on your face. 
I just wanted to put in what he wrote. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a. Yeah, it. it I'm just putting in what he wrote. <laughs> yeah, no, that. I felt it was important. <laughs> but uh, the majority argued that the non unanimity. Non unanimity. Thank you. Uh, rules in Oregon and Louisiana were racist, implemented as part of the effort to make it easier to convict black people and other ethnic minorities and to dilute their influence on juries. Yes. Yeah. That was 100% why. Yeah, but Matt, if you, if you, um, if you lower the bar for overruling our precedents, a badly fractured majority could cast aside an important and long-established decision with little regard for the enormous reliance that the decision has engendered, which is not just a way to dispose of this one case and marks an important turn. Matt? Right. So, I, what, I know what it sounds like Alito is saying there. I'm not going to say it, cause, but it sounds like he's joined the alt-right. Um, but uh, Gorsuch continued and said on what grounds would anyone have to leave Mr. Ramos in prison for the rest of his life not a single member of this court is prepared to say Louisiana secured his conviction constitutionally under the 6th amendment no one before us suggests that the error was harmless Louisiana does not claim precedent commands in uh, commands and affirmance in the end the best anyone can seem to muster against Mr. Ramos is that if we dared to admit in his case what we all know to be true about the Sixth Amendment, we might have to say the same. Uh, we may have to say say the same in some others. Now, I yeah. want it to be known. Since this happened to Ramos, Louisiana changed their law. He was one of the last people that was convicted by a non-unanimous jury and put in prison. Right. He was one of the final ones before Louisiana changed the law. And that was when the lawsuit started happening saying, well, why is he in prison? Yeah. Cause you changed the law. That That's like, if you made something legal and everyone that was in jail for it was still in jail for it. Why it's legal yeah. now. Right. And granted it's a, it's a new trial. He's not just getting released. He is. Yeah, yeah. Be, I think he's a new trial. But he may have done it. Like, I mean, I have. I'm not. I am not defending this man in any way, shape, or form, other than he shouldn't have been put in prison the first time. He at least deserves a new trial to see if he would get the get the unanimous jury. Right. Exactly. I. I. I don't get what. I mean, this is actually a really good thing that the Supreme Court has now done. It does make it harder. For them to target certain ethnicities. Listen, when I first saw this, when I heard that the Supreme Court was actually made a good decision, I was like, (laughs) if you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting app, um, rewind that and let us know if you can guess what that was. Not even gonna tell you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so that was so that was a good decision by them. So real quick, let's do some vermin spike updates, and then we'll we'll wrap up. So I got ten minutes left. So vermin spike twenty twenty campaign updates brought to you by vermin spike twenty twenty. Go to vermintsupreme2020.com to to go to our website. Um, so fun news here. Uh, we had a really cool. Um, we had a really cool AMA last night at the Vermin Spike 2020 420 AMA event, which was viewed by almost 10,000 people um, at the same time on uh, on Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope. Um, and we answered all sorts of fun questions and had a great time. I was sober because I've been sober since around sometime in 2006. So, so I was sober. Vermin decidedly not sober. Uh, Vermin was absolutely. That was quite obvious. Vermin was, I mean, he he was engaging in non-sobriety during, well, I mean, it was 420, so that's, I mean, he he does that anyway. But so uh, we did that and during, was that? That's not, 420 made no difference there. It really didn't. It was Monday. Um, And so during that, we got some uh, very, very cool news, which is that the, uh, we officially won the presidential recruitment contest um, with almost a hundred new recruitments. Uh, I really there was think a, that it was mine that put you over the top. Of. <laughs> I'd love to think that. Um, so yeah, we so we got uh, almost uh, three times as many more than uh, any other candidate did, and just completely ran the deck on them, and proving once again that Vermin Supreme is ruining the party and making people leave it. Um, so yeah, so that went very well. I have a ton of appearances between now and the next time you see me. Well, unless you watch my show tomorrow, in which case I will have had one appearance. Uh, so tonight I'm going to be in just a few minutes. I'm going to be tuning in to get started on drunken disorderly Liberty tonight at 9 PM over on drunken disorderly Liberty. And then I will be, uh, where else? Um, on, Wednesday, I'm having an episode. Don't know who my guest is yet, but that'll be fun. So tomorrow I'm having an episode. Then on Thursday, I'm going to be on podcast titles are a spook with uh, James Weeks, the famous libertarian stripping man. And then I will also be on taxation is theft with our friend Dan Berman. Then on Friday, I will be on the sharp way with Larry Sharp talking about our respective campaigns for the vice presidency. I will hopefully have figured out something to do with my hair uh, in that time. And then I'm doing something this weekend that I don't remember and uh, doing a bunch of call-ins to all the various uh, state and regional LP affiliates and their Zoom calls, socials to hang out and glad hand with the various delegates across this beautiful country of ours that I hope to rule over with a velvet fist. Um, Is it Liberty or media? The show is called Drunken Disorderly Liberty. That's their that's their Twitter handle. Wait, did they change it? So they're now Drunken Disorderly Media on Facebook. Oh, they, they did what we did. But they used to be Drunken Disorderly Liberty, right? They're just Drunken Disorderly, and then they became like one of their shows became Drunken Disorderly Liberty, and then one of them. And they might have more, which is why they're now drunken disorderly media. Oh, well, 
okay then. I'm going to be on drunk and disorderly media. Right. <laughs> and I'll be tuning in. Thank you. Because I haven't heard enough of you speak yet. Yeah, well, no, I know, because we usually go on for way longer than this. But um, so this will, so I'll be wrapping up the second half of my show on someone else's show, basically. Um, so, um, so yeah, so uh, what else? What do we do usually? Oh, okay. Um, oh, and then, so that, and then tune in uh, next Tuesday right here on Muddy Waters Media, media uh, for the Muddy Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's events with the plum of the little cheery little cheery sandal boys that we are is it spring yet yeah it's it's well into spring spring of the spring the little spring monkeys <laughs> that we are matt if someone were looking for us on the internet how in the hell would they do that uh they would be able to find us on facebook at facebook.com slash muddy waters muddied waters media you can find us on twitter at muddied underscore waters you can find us on float at f-l-o-t-e dot app slash muddied waters media you can find us on youtube at youtube.com slash muddied waters media you can find us on instagram at sliding my dms over at muddied waters media and you can find this or sorry you can also if you're if you're living in 2010 and you just like hearing the silky smooth buttery golden voices that appear on this show every week you can find that at anchor.fm slash muddied waters where you can also leave us messages much like matt hicks and chris reynolds and all the others who do it um Oh, yeah, and you can also donate to us at anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters. Uh, and you can find this in every other episode at muddiedwatersmedia.com. Dot com. And, folks, thanks again for tuning in for this relatively short episode of our show. It was only an hour and 20-some-odd hour and some odd minutes.